I want to deliver a message today. Um, I think it's interesting how God has worked this out in my spirit. On Wednesday nights, I've been bringing uh, messages about being prepared for the end times, preparing the saints of the Lord for His coming. And a lot of times people hear that title and they think, oh, 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 Revelation, the book of Revelation. There's going to be an exposition of the book of Revelation and all things end times. That's not necessarily the case. You know, even giving is preparing people for the Lord's coming to be the saints of God, the elect of the Lord. Amen? And so, uh, but some of that Wednesday night um, messages and teachings have been, well, uh, to... To put it mildly, mildly, I guess, pretty straightforward, pretty cutting, maybe cutting edge, maybe the edge cutting you. <laughs> I don't know whether that, what the case may be, especially as we're uh, nearing the election in just a, a number of days, a short few days, uh, and just preparing us all to do uh, the biblical thing, uh, to be biblically correct and not politically correct. In that, I've been just impressed with how the Lord has uh, dealt with my heart and instructed me, hey, Rick, go ahead and be straightforward, cutting if need be on Wednesday night, but bring messages of hope and positivity on Sunday morning. Uh, now, those aren't feel, that's not feel-good messages. I think that we need to have a balance of uh, you better be awake, you better be alert, and yet you don't need to worry. It's going to be all right. Amen? And so that's the title of my message today to you, No Need to Be Worried. I know it stands in juxtaposition to talking about all the things that I'm talking about on Wednesday night and, and, the, and the cultural uh, unrest, societal unrest and chaos and everything else, and oh my goodness, what's going to happen right after the election and yet, the Lord says, come back and tell the people that there's no need to be worried. Amen. I think uh, I love the fact that the team sang uh, that last song, that he is for you. It's going to be all right. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, and I hope you do, would you turn, please, to the book of Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. This is a verse that I have taught on many times over the years, and yet I feel like the Lord has given me a fresh message about this verse. It says in the sixth and seventh verse of chapter four of the book of Philippians, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension or understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Well, the first thing that I see in this verse is that the Lord tells us not to be anxious. Uh, hello. Uh, easier said than done sometimes, right? I think that uh, all of us, whether you, me, anyone, sometimes we have to fight anxiety. We have to fight the urge to be anxious. Can I get a witness from somebody? See, when things happen in our life that are out of our control, 
the natural human tendency is to be anxious about it, to have anxiety. But God's Word is telling us, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Be anxious for nothing. Instead, make your requests known and do it with thanksgiving and do it with praise. Bring your supplications, your petitions, your cares, your concerns, your worries, your fears, your anxieties. Tell God about it. He wants to know. He wants us to come to Him and to to lay it all out before Him. And if we'll do it in that way with praise and thanksgiving, there's this crazy peace that we have access to. I don't know about you, but bring on the crazy peace in this time that we live, right? I want us to be encouraged today because there's probably more things in life right now to be anxious about than than really probably in recent history. Maybe, Maybe you're anxious about a health issue, COVID, uh, coronavirus, flu, all of the complications that come with that. Maybe you're anxious about that for yourself or, or, or for somebody else. Maybe, maybe you're concerned about money because of the economy and is my job going to last and there's layoffs coming, whatever it may be. I mean, it can be anything that can cause us to have severe anxiety. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, I want to encourage you to hear God's word on the subject. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that, that, that's the thing you can always put in the bank and get a good investment on, is putting your hope and your trust in what thus saith the Lord. The grass withers, the flower withers, but the word of the Lord lasts forever. Amen? Amen. So here we see, it says in verse 6, in nothing be anxious, except really difficult things. No, no, no. In nothing be anxious. Don't be anxious about anything. Anxiety and worry are a couple of things that the enemy uses to distract us. He wants us to get our attention off of Father God. He wants to get our attention off of the finished work of Jesus Christ at the cross of Calvary. And he wants us to get our attention on the waves and the storms and the winds and the, just the, the, the unrest that we're feeling in our spirits. And you know what? Ultimately, that will hinder your path with God. It will potentially even hinder your growth with God. You know, the Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, to give all your worries. One translation says, cast all your cares. Here it is in the New Living Translation, give all your worries and cares to God. Hello, give all your worries and your cares to God. Why? For he cares about you. As I said in the very beginning, right after worship was over, he loves you. He's for you. He cares about you. How about Psalm chapter 55, verse 22, where it says, cast your burden to the Lord, and he shall sustain you, and he shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Did you hear that? Listen, the Word of God does not fail. He shall never allow the righteous to be moved or shaken or the, 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 their feet taken out from under them. No, 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 no. He's got you. Do you believe it? Do you believe the report of the Lord or you just believe the report of society and all that's coming in on 
every news venue that there is. Our spirits can only handle so much of that bilge. Our spirits can, our minds, our souls can only handle so much of that negativity. We've got to get our heads wrapped around the Word of God. You know, uh, when I think about this word cast, in the Greek it's talking about hurling something as far as you can. Throwing, I don't know, like the Hail Mary football pass. Throwing it as far as you can with all of your might. Now in that setting, you're, what you're doing is that you're, you're throwing it as far away from you as you possibly can. But let me say this to you today, it's never too far from God because he's always there. Let me help you with something this morning. He'll never be beyond your reach. Are you listening to me this morning? He'll never be beyond the reach of anything that you cast to him, of anything that you throw to him. He'll always be within arm's reach. Let me say that again because I want you to get a picture of this. He'll he'll never be outside of your arm's reach. When I think about that, I think about the great example of Peter when he walked on water. If you'll turn your Bibles with me to the book of Matthew, turn with me to Matthew chapter 14, and let's take a look at that passage for a minute. Once again, he's never far from you. You've got to get this imagery in your heart and in your spirit that he's always within arm's reach. Are you listening to me this morning? Right where you're at, your living room, your car, your garage, your job, wherever you're at right now and you're having an opportunity to watch this, I want you to just reach your hand out as far as you can reach it out And I want you to just move your fingers like I'm moving them right now. And I want you to think about the fact God is always within distance of my reach. That's a figurative thing, a literal, excuse me, it's a literal thing that I'm doing right now. But that's figurative as well. Because when I call to him, he answers. He hears. He's always within earshot. He's always within reach. I want to read this, Matthew chapter 14. I'm I'm just going to go ahead and read uh, that whole story, verses 22 through 32 or 33. Here we go. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the crowds away. After he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray, and when it was evening, he was there alone. But the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by waves, and the wind was contrary. Are you hearing this? Battered by waves, and the wind was blowing. That means out on the lake, the waves were overwhelming. That's what we're, a lot of us are facing in our lives right now, that, that, that idea that, the, that we're being battered by the waves... And the wind is contrary to what we want to do. Verse 25, and in the fourth watch of the night, now it's late, it's dark. <laughs> okay, listen, they're out in the middle of this lake. 
The waves are beating against them. The wind is blowing against them, and it's nighttime. It's dark. It's fearful. It, you can't see, you know, beyond the bow of the boat, so to speak. You don't know what's happening out there. That's anxiety, y'all. That's worry. And it says, in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. <laughs> Hello. That's pretty awesome. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. Their initial reaction was, it's a ghost. That's what they, that's what they uh, said, uh, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. Hello. <laughs> if you were out in the middle of the lake and the waves were overwhelming the, the, the sides of the boat and the wind was blowing against the direction you were trying to go and it was dark and you looked in your peripheral vision and there's some dude walking on the water, don't tell me you'd be like, man, the hair just stood up on the back of my neck. I got no hair and it would be standing up on the back of my neck. That would be kind of freaky. No doubt about it. So, Let's not, uh, let's not uh, ridicule the disciples too much for being fearful in that moment. But immediately, mm, there's another lesson in it. said so they cried out in fear, and immediately the Lord spoke to them saying, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Don't be anxious, I'm here, I'm right here, I heard your cry from the moment it, ex it escaped your lips. I heard it. I'm right here. And then Peter said, whoa, that sounds like Jesus. I heard the voice of my Savior. And he still says, Lord, if it's you. A little bit of trepidation there. I'm thinking Peter's looking over the edge of the boat going, looks like Jesus, sounds like Jesus, walks like Jesus, must be Jesus. But who walks on water and these waves are high and this wind is blowing and I can't barely see beyond my nose. So he says, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Mm. So often, you know, we give Peter a hard time uh, for doubting for being fearful. But do you hear the trust and the faith and the worship and praise and thanksgiving that Peter has in his voice? He said, look, if it's you, Lord, all you got to do is say so, and I'll do whatever you say. You just say so, I'll get out of this boat, I'll walk on this stormy sea, and you and me will take a hike across the lake. Now, verse 29, and he said, Jesus said, come on. <laughs> Peter, I don't know, my human nature would, Peter's got to be going, oh man, what have I done now? Why'd I ever suggest that? Of course Jesus is going to say, come on. So he says, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. Are you getting the picture? Remember that this all starts with the analogy of him not being outside of the reach of my hand or the earshot of my voice or the anxiety of my heart or the worry of my spirit or the fear of my soul. He's always within reach. And so it says Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. Here human nature kicked in. Just human nature. 
Verse 30, but seeing the wind, Peter became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Now, that in and of itself is a little bit of a miracle right there because, quite frankly, I don't know how someone just begins to sink. <laughs> you ever try stepping on water? You don't just begin to sink. You sink. <laughs> You're already down. The fact that he had time to cry out to the Lord was a miracle. He just began to sink. And I think the fear was building up inside of him, and he went, wait a minute, I can't depend on anything. I know that this is Jesus out here, and I know that he's for me and not against me, and I don't have to be worried. All i got to do is, is believe in him. And he said, Lord, save me. <laughs> That's what you and I need to do in these troubled times. Don't be saying, Trump, save me. Biden, save me. Liberal, save me. Conservative, save me. Republican, save me. Democrat, save me. No, 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 no. Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Now, this verse, I got a revelation of this verse, uh, and I, I've shared this with you before, but verse 31, before I I say it, you know, I, I kind of grew up, I grew up with, uh, you know, uh, superheroes, and they were a big part of it, and, black and the old black and white Superman uh, shows and everything, and, and, uh, and uh, you know, Stretch Man, I don't remember what his name was, but I had, I had one of those, uh, those toys, you know, that you could stretch out, uh, and I always had this idea that, that Jesus just kind of did the whole stretch thing, and the hand was there. Now, that's not what happened. Are you hearing me? Peter was within arm's reach of Jesus. Jesus didn't do the whole stretch thing and stretch his arm out there like rubber man. No, man, he was within arm's reach. And it, and, it, and, it, and it said, you know, back to verse 30, but seeing the wind, Peter became scared, anxious, worried, fearful, and he began to sink, and he cried out to the one Savior that there is, Jesus Christ. And he said, Lord, save me. And immediately, <laughs> are you feeling it like I'm feeling it right now? Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, You of little faith, why did you even doubt? Literally, P Peter, my picture that I get is Peter was within arm's reach of Jesus when he got distracted or when he allowed the anxiety to overwhelm him, but he knew where he was going and what he was doing. And I'm sure, I can only imagine Come on, y'all, that when he cried, Lord, help me, he was probably reaching out to the Lord. Hey, Lord, help me. Guess what was on the other end of his reach? The hand of the Lord himself rescuing him from that thing. I, I don't know about you, but I feel like praising God right now in the name of Jesus for that. He's right there. Right there for you. He's always within arm's reach. And if you'll get a revelation of this, if you'll believe this, it will give you strength when the storms are raging, when the waves are overwhelming you, when, when the wind is about to blow you away, 
and you know that he's right there and he's near, that should lead you to being free from the ultimate expression of anxiety and worry. See, being anxious about nothing doesn't mean that we shouldn't exercise precaution in life. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't use wisdom in earthly matters. You know, the Lord gave us an element of alarm, so, uh, you know, that kind of thing when the hair goes up on the back of your neck. That's not, you know, that, I think the Lord gave us that, uh, that part of uh, our, our being to know when it's time to be alarmed for, for preservation and for protection to help us, to warn us, but we're not supposed to cower away in fear, trembling. No, 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 no. It's important that we have enough watchfulness, especially in the day that we live, to preserve our property, to take care of our family, to protect our family, to shelter our family. None of that is, it should never happen out of a motivation of fear. It should never happen out of a motivation of anxiety, but it should happen out of a motivation of wisdom and prudence and to protect your family. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8 says, If anyone does not provide for his own, especially those of his own household, I, he, he has denied the faith, that's what it says, and is worse than an unbeliever. Are you all hearing me? Strong words. And so we should have such confidence in God such confidence that he is for us that we can exercise care, we can exercise oversight, and still have our hearts and our minds free from worry, free from anxiety, free from uh, any of those things and have a dependence upon Almighty God, Papa God, especially in the heat of the storm because he'll put you in a calm place in the storm, a place of protection in the storm. I read a, 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 an excerpt from a commentary, Adam Clark commentary this week. I want to read this, uh, this, this excerpt. You ready? Here we go. Be not anxiously concerned. Do not give place to distressful care. Let what will occur happen. For anxiety cannot change the state or the condition of anything to good, but will infallibly injure your soul. God alone can help you. He is disposed to do it, but you must ask in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Amen. You know what it said, and I like this next part. It said, uh, you know, in nothing be anxious. And then it says in verse 6 of that, uh, same passage, our main text in Philippians, it says, uh, be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Jonathan, I like that, in everything. You know what? <laughs> Do you realize that in everything, nothing is left out? In everything, nothing is left out. I can bring everything to God. I can bring anything to God, no matter how small it may be, no matter how, how large it, it may be, I can bring my concerns to God, whether those concerns are earthly or whether those concerns are, are spiritual, whether they're in regard to my soul or to my body, whether it's about myself or somebody else, I can bring it to God, whether it's related about to my family, to my friends, the church, or even the condition of the world we're in right now, I don't have to be anxious because I can bring it to Papa God, because he's always within reach. 
Are you hearing me today? Amen. In everything leaves nothing out. It means I can bring to him all my wants, all my needs, everything in respect to my afflictions, my embarrassments. Woohoo! Hello. My trials, my troubles, everything related to my spiritual condition, I can bring it to Father God. He wants to hear it. Diane and I were watching a movie last night, and I don't need to get into the movie, but there's this one scene where the little boy had some information that was, quite frankly, very important to what was happening in the movie, and he kept trying to get his daddy's attention because he wanted to give this piece of information to his dad, and his dad kept saying, well, I'm busy right now. I'm talking to somebody. Wait till later. Let me help you. That's not Father God. Father God, when you go to him and bring your concerns, I believe with all my heart, even though he's still doing everything, he stops everything he's doing. That's, that's just how powerful he is and gives attention to you, his child, to listen to your voice. Amen. Friends, there is nothing that pertains to body, mind, spirit, soul, conflicts, losses, trials, hopes, fears, to which I may not go and lay it all out before God. Are you hearing me, brothers and sisters? You can lay it all out before Father God. He's interested. He wants to know. Psalm 62, 8 says, trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before God. God is a refuge for us. Amen. Back to our main text, in nothing, be anxious, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known. Well, what's the difference between prayer and supplication? Let me help you with that. Prayer, most often, is a conversation with God, which is a, a dialogue of worship. It's a dialogue of love. It's a dialogue of thanksgiving and praise. But supplication, let me just get down to the gritty, the nitty-gritty. Supplication is a cry for help. I need help. Help me, Lord. That's the difference between prayer and supplication. Whether we're communicating with God through prayer or through the cry of help, it can still be done with a thankful heart. It can still be done with praise. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 says, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Yes. Our prayers, our dialogue of love, and worship should already be laced with praise and thanksgiving. But I want to help you today. Our cries for help must also be interlaced with praise and thanksgiving. No matter what your burden may be, no matter what's going on, you can be thankful for something. You can always find something to be thankful for. How about thanking him for the numerous blessings that he's given you in your life? How about thanking him for the numerous times that he saved you from danger and you didn't even know about it? Come on now. How about thanking him for, for bringing you out of that place of temptation and you overcame the temptation? How about thanking him for the many evils he's protected you and your family from and maybe even then you didn't even know about it? How about thanking him for all the mercy that you've received? Come on now. How about thanking him for his amazing grace that saved your soul? You can always find something to thank the Lord. Thanksgiving gives power 
and effect to your prayers. We see that in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 21, where the Lord sent the uh, worship team out in front of the army. It says, Jehoshaphat appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. And they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. See, that's how you go into the head of the storm right there. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. So thanksgiving gives power and it gives effect to your prayers. Thanksgiving and praise, now you need to hear me, y'all. It will also free you from the bondage of worry and fret. Not only does it give power to your prayers, but it'll free you from the bondage. That's right, that's what I said, bondage of worry and fret and despair and anxiety. And brothers and sisters, there are many good people bound by anxiety, by worry. We don't have to do that. Acts chapter 16, verses 25 and 26 is the story of Paul and Silas in the deepest part of the dungeon at the darkest part of night. And what did they do? They began to sing praises unto God. They began to give thanks. They had, they had been beaten. They had been locked up. They had been thrown into the deepest, darkest, most foul part of the dungeon. And what they do at midnight, the darkest hour, they began to sing praises to God Almighty. And the whole place was shaken. And not only was the whole place shaken, but every other prisoner's bondage chains were broken and fell off of them. Let me help you. You, praise and thanksgiving will free you from the bondage of worry and fear. I wish somebody would give the Lord a praise in the house of God. Amen. I'm excited today. So let's finish it up. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, and nothing be anxious, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known. And then here's what it says as I begin to, to wrap it up and close today. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding or comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. Friends, peace is the companion of thanksgiving. It really is. Colossians 3.15, let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were called in one body and be thankful Hallelujah. Prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving is the remedy for anxiety, and peace is the companion of thanksgiving and praise. See, that's how it works. You can't just come to God and cry out in anxiety. You have to be, you have to be free from worry and fear, even though there's a natural tendency in this humanity to have it. And how do you overcome it? You overcome it by offering up praise and thanksgiving for the things that God has done in your life. It'll bring power and affect your prayers, and it will release you from the bondage and chains of fret and concern. Jesus said in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. So let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I'm not talking about the peace of man. I'm not talking about peace, you know, like I'm sitting out on the lake, you know, and the, the water's just like glass out there. Ooh, it feels so peaceful and tranquil. No, man, I'm talking about the peace of God. 
that goes beyond comprehension. What is that about? My situation, my troubles don't show any reason for peace. My situation, my troubles, the stuff I'm going through only warrants anxiety and fear. And yet because of thanksgiving, because of praise, I can have peace, the peace of God that even in the midst of all that turmoil and trouble, it can be like the still waters. I don't know about you, but I'm making myself happy today for sure. John 16, these things I have spoken to you, this is Jesus speaking again, that in me you may have peace, in the world you'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. I wish somebody would give the Lord a praise. Amen. Hallelujah. So the calmness, the serenity, the remedy for worry, and the companion of thanksgiving is to guard over your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. But you don't have to guard over it. Mm, I like this part. Because the watchman on the tower of your heart and of your mind is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He's the one that died for you. He will be the watchman over your heart and over your mind. I wonder if you can believe it and if you can receive it today. If you can, just say amen. 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 As I close, I want to just read this text one more time, but I want to read it from the New Living Translation. Excuse me just a moment. Got to have something to drink every now and again. All right, so just listen carefully. You ready? Don't worry about anything. I'm going to say it slowly because I want it to sink into your heart. Honest to goodness, I'm not, I'm not speaking pridefully. I don't know that I could have presented this to you any better than I'm presenting it to you today. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. (laughs) Hallelujah. The word of God is anointed. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as as you live in Christ Jesus. Think about that. Think about that. I want you to step back for a minute. I want you to take pause. And as I pray over you, let these words be a prayer for you as well. Father God, I I realize that I fall short of your word. Your word tells me to not be anxious. But Father, sometimes I am anxious. Help me today. I lift this worry, I lift this concern, I lift this trouble, I lift this fret up to you. I lift this fear up to you, this concern right now. Father, I ask you to strengthen me in your peace. I want to thank you for what you've already done in the past, Lord. I want to thank you for what you're doing even right now. I want to thank you ahead of time for the things that you're about to do. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Father, I ask you to give me faith. In this situation, help me to guard my heart from 
anxiety. I just spoke that prayer for all of us. Because none of us are above the human element. We're to walk in the Spirit, yes, but we're still deal with the flesh, the concerns, the worries. Peter, I mean, how much more spiritual can you get than to go, hey, Lord, if it's you, you just say the word, I'm coming, and stepping out of the boat. And it's still right within arm's reach of Jesus. He let himself become distracted. Jesus is always within arm's reach of you today. And I am so grateful for that. Not only do I want you to have an invitation today to be free from worry and from anxiety, but I want to give you an invitation to give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Our good friends, um, Steve and Deanna Zucker, every, every morning or at least five days out of the seven days in a week are doing a 714 prayer, and they, they, they tend to start every one of their 714s with, uh, and I won't get it exactly right, but are you free? Are you healed? Are you saved? And then Steve will say, I know you are, but if you're not, mm-mm. Thank you, Steve, for doing this every single day. He says, if you're not, all you got to do is believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. Confess with your mouth that, the, that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life, and you will be saved. Let me pray over you, and then I'm going to ask Jonathan to come up and close our service today. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the opportunity to express your word. Thank you for delivering it into my spirit in such a way and anointing me to deliver it the way you delivered it to me. And I pray, Lord God, that, that from here forward, we can walk in peace and freedom, knowing that you're with us, that you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us. But I pray for all of those, Lord, who may be saying today, I'm going to accept Jesus into my heart today. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to become a Christian. May this be the real deal for every one of them. May they experience your love and your mercy and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I love you. I'll be with you again on Wednesday night for another preparing the saints for the Lord's coming. God bless you. Jonathan. Wherever you are this afternoon, go ahead and let's give Pastor a hand another wonderful message. Um, so before we dismiss this afternoon, I want to just to take this time, first of all, um, you know, to publicly, you know, apologize to our pastors. Historically, um, you know, the month of October is Pastor Appreciation Month, and this is our last Sunday, and unfortunately, this is the time I'm able to speak to you about it. But of course, um, this is something, you know, that our pastors don't really didn't know that I was going to speak about, but it's something that I believe that is highly important. We have wonderful leaders at this church. Pastor Rick and Miss Diane has done a wonderful job leading us through the uncertainty of 2020. Um, and for someone who's on the leadership team here, I know firsthand that they've been hit hard this year, but they have continued to come to this church. They have continued to lead us and direct us as God has seen fit. 
So I think it's my job, my duty as a member of the leadership team to remind us that this month is Pastor Appreciation Month. Um, you know, once again, he will never come up and grab this mic and say this to you. He will never say, hey, send me cards, but I'm going to do that. Um, let's remember our pastors. Let's remember Miss Diane. Let's remember you know, the many times they've prayed for us, the many messages and how pastor has done his best to prepare us for the end time. Listen, this is done out of a heart deeply connected with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I'm going to ask you, as one of the leaders of this church, to remember our pastors. You can do that in several ways. You can send them a note. You know, you can send them a text, send something like through the email, or get that gift card in your hand or something, you know, um, take them out to dinner, do something. This month, October, historically, is when we normally get a chance to do this. Um, now, this is something, of course, that we should do all year, right? We should love and appreciate our pastors. But historically, the church does it as a whole in the month of October. This is the last Sunday. Um, so, again, I apologize, Pastor, for doing this so late. But we love our pastors, and I, this is a church where I choose to grow in. This is a church where I choose to have my children grow in. So I want you to join me um, giving things, giving love, giving words of affirmation, whatever that love language is. But I'm going to ask you to let's take care of our ministers. Let's take care of our pastor and Miss Diane. Um, so that's how we're going to end today. I'm going to give you just a quick prayer and say a blessing over you, and we hope to see you very, very soon. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for the message that Pastor has brought forth this morning. We would choose faith. We would choose to walk on that water like Peter did, and we will um, give you our thoughts of anxiety, or fear that may try to invade our thinking, our lives, our families. We give them to you today, Lord. And we thank you that you are a God like you spoke in John to overcome this entire world. And we thank you for your blessings and we thank you for the, appreciate, the appreciation of our pastor and Miss Diane for this month and forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray, wherever you are, just say amen. amen. Hallelujah. We call you blessed. It's something our pastor loves to say, so I'm saying it to you. We call you blessed. Keep on reading your Bible. Keep on praying and keep on finding yourself in the house of the Lord. And we know that great things will come to us. See y'all soon.